Amen. All right. So if you guys don't know us, my name's Harrison. This is my wife, Jackie. Sorry. Sorry. They were, they were. We're actually cats. She has, she has a seat. She has a seat. Oh, you have a seat? Okay. Sure. Okay. Um, no, perfect. So we are going to be talking about the ruthless elimination of hurry. How many of you guys have seen this book, read this book, heard of this book? Okay, cool. So I'll be up front. This book is like total inspiration of what we're coming from, hence the title. Uh, so if you have any more thoughts on it, want more in-depth study on it, get the book because we are really just kind of trying to highlight some of the awesome points of the book, some of the uh, just real-life examples, too, that we have, have felt. So you probably know someone that has it, borrow it, but return it, you know, to the person that you borrow it from or buy it on Amazon for like $15. So how many of you guys want to live like Jesus. You want to live like Jesus. You don't want to just teach what Jesus taught. You actually want to live like Jesus lived. Okay, cool. So, you know, when we read Matthew eleven twenty eight to 30, when Jesus is saying, you know, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Would you always describe Jesus' yoke as light? Me either. (laughs) And so that begs the question, I must be doing something wrong. Because if Jesus says it's light, it's got to be light. So what am I doing that's incorrect? It's always do, do, do. Even if it's ministry stuff, what do I have to do? How, do? how do I accomplish what I'm trying to get done? Someone's always asking something of me. So why do we find it hard to follow this verse? Maybe just a few hands. Why do you guys find it? I know you've thought about it. Why does Jesus say this? It's hard. I, uh, there have been times I don't even want to share my faith with people because I'm like, I don't feel like this scripture's true. So I don't really want to bring people into this world of like stress. So why do you guys feel like this scripture is not always true for you? Yeah, in the back. Well, I'm just thinking it's like, uh, for me, I've been trying, like for my college stuff, I've been trying to go with the work as if you are working for the Lord. And I feel like it's easy for me to put them in the trap and as if, if I'm not working hard enough, that means I'm lazy and God won't and God won't accept me or if I'm not working hard enough then that means I'm not as much of a Christian as I could be right like I get stressed because I'm trying to be good enough for God that's that's a great answer yeah yeah go ahead. Oh, um, I think for me it's it gets hard when it goes against my comfortability mm. so it's like I'm not comfortable I feel like I have to work to get comfortable if that is mm-hmm. my uncomfortability so it feels like I'm constantly against myself and just like this is tiring <laughs> yep yeah that's real mm-hmm I think for me, it means I would have to take control. Mm-hmm. Like the outcome. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's not easy. Cool. So, why are we always doing this to ourselves? Why are we always in a rush? Why are we always putting more expectations on ourselves than God even puts on, on us? I think we can read into scriptures. We can see the examples of people in the Bible doing epic things. But even in the Old Testament, those stories aren't about the characters. They're about God's character. 
So you guys are all here to kind of slow down, to figure out how do I get rid of this rush and how do I rest with God? So I'm sure most of you guys are in school. I'm sure some of you guys, if not most of you guys, have a job. And I'm not coming here to say you need to quit your job, you need to drop some classes, you need to take an easier major so you can focus on the ministry. That is like the exact opposite of what I'm saying. I remember going to college, graduated from Kennesaw State, who do you, 2019, I had a full load every semester, I worked most semesters, and I was heavily involved in the campus ministry. And I remember being like, wow, this is stressful. I felt like my life was stressful. And I'm like 18, 19 years old, 20 years old. And, but when I think back, I felt busy, but I think of all the awesome things that I did. I had so much fun. I was hanging out with my roommates. You know, I had so much free time. I was on my phone playing video games, like playing basketball. I, I did a lot of fun stuff, even though I felt like I was super busy. Um, and so I'm not saying you can't do those things, but we need to look at our schedules, look at our lives. Okay, what am I prioritizing? And I rarely felt rest, even on my off days. It's like, okay, light load today with schoolwork, no work. I'm not going to work. But like those days, I rarely felt rested. And maybe I was going to hang out with friends or maybe I was in a Bible study or maybe I was whatever. But then I go to bed at like 3 a.m. and have to get up for church and be like, oh, church. And I wouldn't feel rested, even though I had free time. So my first point is I'm too busy. Jackie's going to share here in a little bit, but the first point is I'm too busy. When you ask someone, uh, the men were just talking about this in their lesson, you know, when you ask someone, you know, how they're doing, usually the response you can get is, oh, I'm good, or I'm just super busy right now. I've got this going on, I've got this going on, I've got this going on. And it's never really about how I'm doing, but it's about what you are doing. And so you tend to get that answer and you're just like, okay, sure, yeah, I'm busy too. And you just kind of trail off on, you know, these things that you're doing. Or if you invite someone, how many times have you invited someone to something? It can be your friends. Or you're inviting a stranger to a Bible talk or a Bible study or something. And they're like, ah, I'd love to, but I'm just, I'm so busy. I can't do it. Like that is what we love to do. And it's almost like busyness is a good thing. It's like a good excuse. It's like, well, I'm too busy. I can't come. So you'll understand. But it doesn't really, uh, you know, busyness is not always the problem, but we'll get into that in a little bit. But, okay, so imagine you're a disciple, or you're trying to be a disciple, and you're really trying to stay away from sin. And you feel like, okay, I'm doing a good job here and there, you know, I slip up, whatever, but I'm really trying to resist what Satan is throwing at me. So I really, I don't really know what I need to repent of. There's really not a lot of like obvious sin in my life. But the scary thing is Satan is super crafty. He's described as a lion ready to devour his prey. And that's us. He's looking to devour us. And he's patient. He's more patient than we are. You know, if he can't get us to sin, he will get us to be busy. He will get us to fill our schedule with things that really don't, matter or things that maybe there's a better and best. It's like, man, this is a really good thing that I'm doing, but do I need it in my schedule right now? Because it's just creating too much busyness. It's drowning out God in my life. 
So imagine if Jesus was coming to your house. You guys are going home tomorrow. So imagine Jesus is coming, you know, let's say you get home tomorrow. uh, Or Jesus is coming over for dinner tomorrow. So you're going to get there before dinner. Some of you maybe at dinner if you live further away. I'm sorry. Um, But Jesus is coming for dinner. What would some of your initial reactions be? And what would be some actions you would be taking in place to kind of get ready for that situation? Clean the house. Yeah. Yeah. Do some of you, are, are some of you guys like, oh my gosh, if he saw my living situation right now, would I be right with God? Okay. So yeah, some of us, it's like, oh, pit in my stomach. If Jesus saw this, oh my gosh. So I, I, I agree. I'm, if someone, if my family comes over, I want to make sure it looks good. I want to do those things. Like, and I don't think that's bad. I don't think it's bad that we want to make our house look presentable. I actually think that's a good thing. But Turn with me to Luke 10, verse 38 and 42. And most of you guys know the story of Mary and Martha. Verse 38, it says, As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be done. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things. But few things are needed. Or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. I think it's funny that Martha is so worked up, and I say it's funny because I feel like I could totally be Martha in this situation, but she's so worked up to the point where she's not only mad at her sister, she's mad at Jesus. She's like, Jesus, tell her to help me. Like, can't, she'll listen to you, but she's actually like scolding Jesus. Like, Jesus, are you going to just let me work myself to the bone here by myself. You're not going to actually have her help me. And then Jesus's response is gold. You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed. And then he goes, or indeed only one. Like I said, it's not bad for us to want to prepare and clean and do all these things. So what I don't want you guys to hear is, oh my gosh, my schedule is full of all these terrible things and I need to cut out everything. We're going to get to practicals, don't worry. We're going to get to practicals of how we can live a restful life with God. But I just kind of want to paint the picture of how stressed out we can be sometimes. Right now, we have two kids. I feel immensely stressed out and busy and hurried and all these things. But there are practicals that we'll get into. But Jesus says there's only really one thing we need to be worried about. Mm-hmm. Not all these things. So Jack is going to share. Yeah, I um, definitely relate with Martha. I am a doer by nature. Anybody else love packing their schedules? You know, I'll share with you guys. I live by like checklists, you know. I love even just writing, make a checklist just so I can check it off because I feel productive. You know, I don't know if you're one of those people, but that's kind of where I come from. So coming from that and seeing this, I'm like, wow, this, this is challenging because obviously there are a lot of great things that we can do for God, right? I don't want to take those things away. We can 
have times where we have quiet times with God. We can go on prayer walks. We can meet up with other Christians and help grow in our faith. We can have discipling times. I mean, there are so many amazing things that we can do in our schedule, and those things aren't wrong. But I think sometimes I can get so stressed out by packing my schedule so full of those things that I don't even have time to listen to the Holy Spirit. And that is scary because I think, man, like, I'm not even, I I have my head down and I'm focusing on some great things, but I'm not even listening to the Spirit and what the Spirit wants me to do. In fact, sometimes I just have my ears closed or I have my AirPods in. Anybody else? AirPods? Um, and, And that can be really scary because what moments are we missing that the Spirit has put in our place? What moments are we missing because we're scrolling in line at a coffee shop instead of being present? What moments, what prayer requests are we missing because we're in our car listening to music instead of taking that time to be in stillness and quiet? I feel like our our lives are just always constantly, like we have something going on. Even in here, if you hear silence, it's a little, you're like, okay, come on, keep talking. (laughs) This is is awkward. And I, I love how when Jesus, or in the Bible, it talks about in this passage, Martha was distracted. Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. And I know I can feel that. I feel distracted all the time. I know, like, even now, I'm like, okay, how are my kids doing? Are they, are they listening, obeying Lizzie? Like, it's so hard to just fully be present, but distraction is so dangerous because sometimes we just miss the moments that the Spirit wants us to be in. We can pack our schedule so full that we don't even have time to stop and listen. And honestly, this idea of ruthlessly eliminating hurry from our lives is kind of intimidating. Because if you think about the way that you live right now, you're here for a reason in this class because you want to ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. You don't want to be busy or a busybody. You want to be still. You want to listen to the Spirit. But that is going to take a change in your life. It's going to take having a moment like Martha had with Jesus. And, you know, a lot of times we can have these excuses, right? What did Martha say in, as her excuse? Like, oh, okay, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. <laughs> I, I feel that, right? We've all been there. Maybe you guys have roommates who felt this. <laughs> but let's think back of, like, what is your excuse? Maybe your excuse is, hey, I, I'm a student full-time, I also work, so I'm just really, really busy right now, but maybe once I graduate, I can focus on ruthlessly eliminating hurry from my life. Or maybe it's, hey, I'm working full-time, but you know, like, once I get that raise, I'll be fine, I'll be able to ruthlessly eliminate hurry. We can come up with so many excuses, so I want you guys to write the question, what is your excuse? And I want you guys to wrestle with that excuse. Because honestly, sometimes we can come up with so many excuses, and maybe the truth is we're just too busy to follow Jesus. And that's scary, and that's hard to say, but we can get too busy to follow Jesus. So I want you guys to think through your excuse and wrestle with that maybe later on this weekend if you had some time. So we're all busy. It doesn't matter what stage of life you are. My two-year-old probably, if he could articulate it, would say he is busy. Um, because he is going on to the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. He's got he's to do something. And, you know, 
This goes to our second point. Hurry up. That's the second point. The first one is, I'm too busy. And the second one is, hurry up. How many times have you told somebody to, can you just hurry up? You're getting out the door. Can we just please hurry up? And you know, being busy isn't necessarily the problem. If we were to look at Jesus's life, he was pretty busy. Every day he was taking care of people's needs. He was getting up early. Like he, he had a busy life. It wasn't like he was just kind of wandering around. So the funny thing is busy, busyness isn't the root of the problem, but it's when we get too busy that we have to start hurrying. So if you overpack your schedule, then you feel like you need to hurry through your busyness to get everything accomplished. And then once you start hurrying, things start to unravel. Your patience, your love for one another. And as disciples, how are we supposed to treat one another? With what? Love. The funny thing about hurry and love is they are incompatible. They, they do not work together. Have you ever felt rushed by someone and felt loved by them? I mean, it can be the slightest thing that makes you feel like they're being, they're not invested in the situation because they have something else going on. Over. You know, it can be, it can, it can be like, oh, just checking the time. It can be that simple. There are times where I'm sitting doing something and I'm like, I, I really just want to know what time it is. But I'm like, I cannot look at my phone because if even just doing that, you can start to think, oh, this person, they got to go somewhere. They don't really care. Like the smallest little thing can just evaporate all the love that we're trying to show someone. The first word Paul uses in 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8, when he's talking about love, love is patient. We need to be patient with people. Patience and hurry do not correlate either. If you're being patient with someone, that means you are going to be inconvenienced. But that means you're going to be showing that person love. How many times did Jesus willingly inconvenience himself for someone else? There were times when he was literally on his way to go heal someone who's like dying. And someone comes to him and is like, hey, can you heal me? And he, he doesn't just like, oh. he, he talks to them. He has a conversation and, and people are pleading with him like, please, please come with me. But he's patient. He's not in a hurry to get things done. But he's busy. You know, how many times do I tell my son to hurry up each day? When I was writing this lesson, I was like, oh, my gosh, I tell him to hurry up all the time because there can be times when I'm just impatient and he's doing a good job. But then there are times where it's like he's just dragging like he's like he has this little bit of power over me and it's him just like walking like this. And I don't even necessarily need to be somewhere, but I'm like, can we just get inside? The car to the house is like five feet. Can we just, can we hurry up? And I tell him, hurry up all the time. So as I was writing this, I, w- I got super convicted by that because he started saying, like, as he's getting out of the car, he's like, hurry up, hurry up. And I'm like, 
He is being taught this lesson, this bad lesson, when he's two years old. Um, and so it's just instilled in us. I'm sure our parents did it with us. I'm sure you've seen all the time. I'm prob- you're probably going to see me do it today during lunch with my son. Like, it happens all the time. And you know, when we're not, and when we're in a hurry, we don't cherish things. As I was writing this, Jackie and I, we actually decided to take a two-week fast from our TV. <gasps> Gasp. Right, and, came out. Yeah, exactly. That's a sacrifice. And when I say TV, I also mean like YouTube, like on my phone. I'm not like, oh, streaming TV, like, huh, beat the system. Um, I'm really trying to not even be on social media for these two weeks because it's just like, it's just so much distraction. And during, like, football season and all this stuff, I have, like, super invested in fantasy football. I have, like, ten leagues. I'm doing – I, like – I just have so much going on and care so much about it, even though it doesn't matter. Um, but it stresses me out. Like, I'm sure you could talk to Jackie, and I'm like, there's this one game, like, this, this has to happen. And, like, uh, I'm a nervous wreck. Like, it's awful. I feel relief when the season is over, but then I look forward to when it comes back. So this is like a human nature condition that you might have something else that you're passionate about that you can relate with that, that I, it's just, why do I go back to it? I have felt so much more satisfied in my life. We started on Sunday, so it's, it's been about a week of just not feeling the rush of like, oh my gosh, have you binged Outer Banks yet? Someone, I was at Ingalls yesterday and they're talking about Outer Banks in the checkout. And I was like, I didn't say anything, but I was like, I got to get out of here. Like, stop. <laughs> but at the same time, I don't feel the need to be like rushed into catching up. Like, oh, I got to binge this show. Then I got to read this book. And then I got to, there's so many things that we do to ourselves that are so unnecessary that makes us feel hurried. When we have a second to ourselves, we're on our phone. When we have an hour to ourselves, do we take a nap? No, we watch something. I have FOMO when it comes to, there's like an hour break. It's like, I could take a nap right now. But I'm like, I want to consume something because I don't want to miss out on being entertained in some way. It's like, it's, it's in my DNA. It's bad. So during this time, Jackie and I are, are doing this fast. I have been taking naps with our daughter, Eden. And it has been, like, the most incredible time ever. She, if you've seen her, she's, like, nine months old, so she's crawling around. But she's still at the stage where, like, if it's nap time, she'll, like, slowly, like, just, like, fall asleep on you. And as we were starting it, I was like, okay, I could just lay her down for a nap, and then I could go nap. I'm trying to, trying to be still, all this stuff. But I was like, if I sleep with her on me and I'm just, like, sitting there, I will have no, I can't move. I can't get on my phone. I can't do anything. Like it will cut it out. And so I'm like, here's a block or something I can put in my way from being distracted. And so like this week, I've probably taken like three or four naps with her. And it's been like, it's just been awesome. And those are moments that I'm going to cherish literally forever. Like seeing, remembering the way that she was like nuzzled into me, all this stuff. But those things that I would have done during those free times, I, I mean, could not tell you what I've done for the last 10 years during those free times um, that I've just wasted time. Um, so hurry up. <laughs> just kidding. Don't hurry up. Look at your schedules and see what is causing you to be hurried. And sometimes we are busy, but we hurry ourselves to get to our free time. 
if people inconvenience me and it's cutting into my free time, I'm like, come on now. And usually it's my kids. That's why I'm like, hurry up. Like, okay, you're now past to be at this time. You're now past to be at this time. Let's get them to correlate so I can have like an hour of free time. And then if, and then that's when I get mad is when something, they don't fall asleep, whatever. That's, but I'm like, it's because I'm selfish. It's because I want that time to myself. And if I, if I didn't hurry them, they would probably cooperate a lot more. Here's a little one-liner, and then I'm going to let Jackie take it. We are meant to walk with God, not run with him. Jackie's going to take us into the third point. Okay, so I know we've talked about a lot of the issues that we face with being hurried, stressed out, busyness, distraction. And so the third point is the easy yoke. Praise God. Praise God. And so this is what we're going to talk about practicals. Um, and these are actually going to be fun for you guys to take back and even try and implement in your life. Um, but I guess the, even the thought is, so what's the solution, right? We can, we're sitting here we're like, yeah, that's cool. I know the issues, but what is the solution? And so I think sometimes we want that quick, easy fix and that step of like, okay, I can do that. I'm just going to put that in my new schedule now. And we're just going to see if I feel less busy. Mm-hmm. But that's really not the heart of it. We're actually going to be looking at the way Jesus lived. And sometimes people call that spiritual disciplines. But honestly, I kind of hate that term because it just makes it seem like ultra spiritual. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, they love spiritual disciplines. It's like, actually, let's just call it like it is. It's following Jesus and the way that he lived. Because we're going to look at some different aspects of the way Jesus lived his life. And a lot of times, I know we can talk about the way, the truth, and the life of Jesus. And we can so focus on the truth of Jesus and what he taught in his lessons, what he spoke to people. But we forget the way that Jesus actually lived. You know, we've talked about some different references, but I think it's going to take you guys going back and looking at Jesus's life and not just looking at it like, oh, that's a cute teaching. going to try and implement that. But like, wow, I'm a follower of Jesus, and I want to actively live the way that Jesus lived. Mm -hmm. And that's not easy. That's actually really challenging. And it's going to take a lot of digging in your own heart, and it's going to take the Spirit moving you and convicting you and changing you, but you guys also have to be listening for the Spirit to teach you and convict you. And so Harrison's going to start us off with the first practical, and that is silence and solitude. So you've probably heard that before. These practicals are not going to be revolutionary. They're going to be simple. But simple things are not always easy. That's like one of my, I don't know if it's favorite or least favorite sayings because it sounds easy, but then it's not easy. It's going to be a simple solution, but it's not easy. So the first one is silence and solitude. Last year, I tried to practice this for like my new year's resolution, you could say, but it was like one decision I'm making as a church. We were making one decision. How can we grow closer to God? And mine was, I'm going to take like a minute a day or however many minutes, a few minutes in pure silence to try and listen to what God's trying to tell me. And I've been told a thousand times to do this by people that I highly respect. Like anybody could have told me to do it and I still wasn't going to do it. And so I'm like, okay, finally, I'll do it, whatever. And 
I think I did it probably like two months-ish. And then it, you know, like everything kind of trails off and haven't done it for the last, you know, year and a half. Um, But during those two months, I remember feeling close to God in those moments. Closer to God even than when I would sit down and read my Bible for 30 minutes. Because God was speaking to me. I remember sitting there and clearing your mind takes probably 90% of it because you can just sit there and say, what am I thinking about? You have to have no distractions, zero distractions. Your phone can't be buzzing. Like, oh, who just texted me? Like, it's got to be in a different room. Five minutes and just be still with God. It's convicted me because I'm, I'm remembering... Uh, at least one of the things I felt nudged was about Jonah. Just the story of Jonah like came into my mind. Hadn't been reading it, hadn't been taught about it, like just completely out of nowhere. And I was like, it made me think, I'm like, am I running from God? Like Jonah. So things will be brought up in your life. But I think this is what Jesus is talking about when he says the easy yoke. Let's look at Mark 1. You can turn there, kind of read, look at it with me. I'm just going to skim it. Really not even going to read it, but you can just look. Mark 1, Jesus is kind of starting his mission. This is when he calls his disciples. In verse 29, you know, it talks about Jesus going to the synagogue. So Jesus goes to the synagogue, teaches all day. Then if you look down a little further, he goes and he heals Peter's mom, who has a fever and is deathly ill. Then, towards the end of the day, he goes and he heals those who are weak, sick, and demonized. So that doesn't sound like a super easy day. Like, after teaching, it'd probably be like, okay, turn on some football, some comfort food. No, Jesus is like, no, now I'm going to Peter's and talking to a woman I've never met before who's like deathly ill. And now I'm going to go talk to all these people who are lame, demonized, just all these terrible things, and I'm going to heal them. So what would you think he would do the next day? He's like, okay, I got to just, I got a Sabbath. I got to wake up at noon. I'm getting my Chick-fil-A. But it says in verse 35, very early in the morning, this is the next day, while it was still dark, while it was still dark, and about when when the time changes, it's going to be even harder to do this, I think, if I remember how time changes work. But, (laughs) but, it's hard to get up when it's dark. It doesn't matter what time of day it is. It's hard to get up when it's dark. My kids wake me up every morning when it's dark, and it stinks. It's hard to get up when it's dark. He got up in the dark, and he left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Jesus had to get away from everybody. He had to get away, and he had to pray. We're not going to talk... I'll give away one of the other uh, practicals. It's Sabbath. We have four practicals. 
Sabbath, I'm going to talk about right now, and it's probably going to talk about the least. But I think Sabbath, the reason we're not hitting it exactly is because I feel like all of these things kind of hit Sabbath. Sabbath is not, okay, off day, video games for six hours, hot pockets, play basketball, watch Netflix. That was my Sabbath. That is not a Sabbath. That is my ideal Sabbath. But that's not what Sabbath is. Because at the end of the day, you feel like, ugh, you feel grimy. Sabbath is being with God. Is being in silence and solitude with God. So he went out to a dark place and he prayed. And then if you look uh, in verse 37, and then the disciples found him. And they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. If I was Jesus, I'd be like, chill out. I just had my time with God. Like now you're, it's probably still early morning and you're like, everybody's looking for you. I'd be like, come on, chill. But he doesn't feel the peer pressure. He doesn't feel like, okay, this is, this is what I need. The people want me to do it, so I have to do it. I have to do what the people want me to do. Jesus never feels that way. Jesus replied, let us go somewhere else. (laughs) He's a savage to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So instead of going where everybody else wants him to go, everybody's looking for him. He's like, actually, great point. We're going somewhere completely different. That's where I'm going to preach. And I don't think it's a coincidence that Jesus had his time with God, his silence, his solitude by himself, And that's when he was most in tune with the spirit. That's when he said, no, 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 no. I have to go this way. Actually, I know what I have to do. We're going this way. I'm not going to listen to the people around me. No, I need to do what the spirit is leading me to do. He knows where to go. He's confident. I don't always feel confident. Like, is this what God wants me to do? I ask myself that a lot. So I'm realizing I'm not taking the time to do this because I'm not in step with God as I should be. He's not in a hurry to please people around him. He's not in a hurry at all. So Jackie's going to take this next point. Yes. So the next practical is simplicity. And this is one that I'm like, God has just been teaching me a lot. So kind of some backstory with simplicity. My... Oh, I'm going to actually do this. Um, my daughter was born back in May. And we, so then we had two kids, right? So now I'm like, okay, I have a newborn and then a toddler and going back and forth and back and forth. So like any downtime I had, I was cleaning up toys. I was cleaning up our, our house, trying to keep it clean very much like one of, I'm a doer. So, you know, constantly doing something. And I just remember sitting, Eden was actually, that's our daughter. She was like asleep on me. And I was looking around at our home and I was like, why am I doing this? Like, why am I constantly cleaning up all these toys that don't matter? I'm putting away stuff in the kitchen. Judah grabs anything that he wants. I haven't even thought about this knickknack that's been in the corner of our house forever. And so I was like, I, I'm done. I am over this. And so Gradually, I started decluttering stuff in our home. And I was like, okay, 
I'm going to get rid of this. I got rid of this. And I started like posting it on Instagram and people were like, oh yeah, this is so cool. I love that. And I just realized like more and more people were like, okay, I want to declutter. I want to simplify my life like this. And okay, <laughs> and so it was really challenging because I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm forced to get rid of things that I haven't thought of in forever. But I feel like, oh, but what if I need this? What if I want, oh, but you know, I might want to wear that for retreat. So I'm going to keep that sweatshirt just in case. I'll keep it in the closet for like six more months. Who cares? <laughs> I don't know if that's relatable for you guys. But um, anyway, I, I just realized I'm like, I'm busying myself with things that don't matter. And what I really actually want is to live a simple life for God. I'm tired of the distraction and I need to ruthlessly eliminate the items that I possess. And you know, I think Jesus did something very similar I mean, not that he had so many possessions, actually. In fact, he lived the opposite way that we live in America. And it's so challenging because we look at the way that Jesus lived and we actually try and explain that way nowadays. We're like, he had no home. But during that time, it was a little more socially acceptable because he would just travel and teach. But we, we don't really wrestle with the fact that he had no home, right? And he had one, maybe two outfits, how many outfits do you guys have in your closet? Is it one or two? Or is it a little bit more? Right? It's just a little bit more. But then you think about, so those are just the way that Jesus lived, right? But then we look at the way that Jesus taught where, wherever he went. These are the things that Jesus said. He said, is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. The worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come. Come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Those are just some of the things Jesus said. And we could wrestle with just one of those for a really long time when we get home and look at our closet or look at the things we own or even just look at our phone and have like, oh, you know, I actually had this. We were on our way here and I had this like t-shirt and this shopping cart and I was like, really want this, (laughs) really don't need it, but I really want it. And then I was like thinking about this lesson and I'm like, wow, is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? And even I think as this time that we've taken a step back from like social media or even TV, it's actually cut out a lot of my distractions, yes, but also my want and need for other things. We look on Instagram and this influencer is telling us, hey, you have to get this. Here's an Amazon hack that you need that'll make your life so much easier. Here's this. Oh, I want that PS5 because my game won't glitch when I'm playing with the boys. Like there are so many things. (laughs) Really hit hit someone out there. But those are things that we can think, but it's like, wow, is that the deceitfulness of wealth and the desires that are going to choke us out? Is that going to bring us closer to God or is that going to distract us from God's presence? And so these are the things that are hard that we have to wrestle with because there are always going to be things that are, we want, but when we take a step back, it's like, wow, what do we actually need? What is the one thing that Jesus said to worry about? Back with Martha. And so I think even for me, I'm still being convicted of this. I'm still, you know, having my simplicity, trying to figure out what that looks like for our family. I'm so grateful God is teaching me these lessons now, especially while we're young. 
But, you know, I, I really want to follow Jesus in the way that he lived. And if I'm really calling myself a disciple, that means I can't just accept the truth that Jesus teaches, but I also have to accept the way that he lived his life. And that takes a lot of wrestling. And so maybe some of this could practically look like simplifying your life by getting rid of items when you guys get home, going through your closet. Maybe it looks like turning your hangers around and seeing what you actually wear in your closet. And after three months, you get rid of the clothes that you don't wear. Maybe it looks like not buying things for a month and seeing how painful that is. I'm not saying food, because obviously we gotta, we gotta have food to survive. <laughs> but there are extra things that we buy throughout our day, just an impulse buy or different stuff like that, that we actually don't need. So even taking a step back and even wrestling like, okay, I'm going to take even a week and I'm not going to buy anything new. And you're going to be forced to wrestle with how much you guys actually want to buy and consume throughout the week. Or maybe it looks like making a list of items. Okay, you know, one time I, I, <laughs> I started this list of like, okay, when I go thrifting, this is what I'm going to look for because I would just buy stuff because it was on sale, you know. And so I stopped doing that. But I ended up going to a store and I found this like black sweatshirt that I really wanted. And I was like, oh my gosh, I really want it. But you know what? I'm going to wait. And I waited three months and then I went and bought it after three months because I still wanted it. But there are other items that I put on my list that I'm like, I haven't even thought about this these past two months. Okay, I'm, I'm not going to get it because it's obviously not a need. So there are different things that you guys can do to simplify your life. But it starts with following Jesus and wrestling with what that's going to look like for your life from here on out. And so Harrison's going to do the next one. Cool. So this will cl- close us out. It's 12. We have to one for lunch. Um, so with that, Jackie has been definitely convicting me with her simplicity. I've gotten rid of a ton of shirts, a ton of like just junk that I don't need anymore. How many of you have a hard time closing your t-shirt, t-shirt drawer? I, that is like, I always have that problem. I get rid of shirts and then it's like somehow I get more shirts within that week and I still can't close it. Um, so now I can close my drawer easily. It's never full to the point where it's like. And uh, that takes a little bit of stress away from my day, honestly. Like it can irritate me when I'm like. I don't even want to look in that drawer because when I open it, it's just going to stress me out. So even little things like that, like how can I live a simple life to where I'm not worried about those little things? It's like I have these outfits that I wear. I like these outfits and this is what I'm going to wear. I think that can even sound like radical, but Jesus literally told them to literally just take what they were, what they were holding and go. Do you think he didn't even look like a rabbi? He wasn't even wearing what a rabbi wore. He was just wearing like street clothes and he was the Messiah. He didn't have the new shoes. He didn't have like anything. He had nothing. He had nothing. And that's hard for me to even comprehend. But I think the way that he lives, and this is what we're trying to talk about. This is the easy yoke. We can resist the easy yoke. We want the hard yoke. We want things to be difficult. We want things to be flashy. We want things to be over the top. But the more simple we are, actually the less stressed out we will be. Can I say one more thing on that? 
Yeah, I, I just realized that I didn't really share the exciting parts after simplifying these different areas and I'm able to be more present. I feel like I'm actually able to think and pray without you know having to busy myself with cleaning up the home. It takes like five minutes to clean up our house every single day, which is like huge, especially with toddlers who just run and grab everything off shelves. And you know, it's been so fulfilling because I've been able to watch my kids grow up. Like instead of just having the next thing that I'm working on and doing and cause you know, Martha love doing, I'm able to actually be present and see like, wow, look what God is doing. I'm able to read books with my kids. I'm able to sit down and have conversation with Harrison. I'm, there's just a whole new freedom to my life because I've lived and followed Jesus in like some small ways. Mm-hmm. And so it's going to be really exciting for you guys when you guys get home to get to feel the freedom of less distraction and less decisions you have to make. And obviously I know there's one more practical, but I think it's just really exciting getting to dream of what your life can look like if you really follow the way of Jesus, because it is so, you feel like it's easy and the burden is light. And you're like, wow, I never thought I could feel this. And so, yeah, I just wanted to share that because it's been really powerful for me to get to see it. And it makes me want to even live a more simple life as well. Absolutely. So to close out our last practical, and I don't want you you guys to be overwhelmed. We've talked about a lot of stuff. We've talked longer than I wish we would have talked for. But take one thing. You're hearing a lot of stuff this weekend. Take one thing from one of the lessons you heard. Take one thing from this class and try to implement it. Try to master it. And then look at these other practicals. Jesus didn't just wake up one day and was like, this is how I'm going to live. Jesus implemented these things So the last one is slowing. The opposite of hurrying. We're slowing. Learn to say no. Because when you say yes to something, you're actually saying no to something else. So even yes is no. But just say no. Fasting from your phone, TV, fasting from technology. With that, allow yourself to be bored. We're so distracted. I forget. This, this just came to me. Wow. I'm butchering this. But there was some philosopher that, uh, what's the one that Apple hit his head? Uh, Isaac, Isaac Newton. Isaac Newton. Yeah. <laughs> Physicist, whatever. 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 I'm not that smart. But someone was talking about that guy and was like, if he would have just completely been distracting himself all the time, he would have never realized what was right in front of him. An apple hitting him on the head. It was like, oh my gosh. We can distract ourselves to a point where we're not even growing. We're just staying. We're not maturing. So be bored. Remember when you were a little kid and you were kind of like bored? And then you like made fun games and did things that like you love to do? Do things that force you to slow down. There's a bunch of these practicals. I'm going to say them all real quick because I don't want to take any more of your time. If you want to take a picture of them, you can. So things to force you to slow down. These are going to be like painful, okay? Well, we're trying to get the easy yoke, right? And the, the practicals are not the end goal. Don't forget that. If you accomplish these things, it's not like, boom, I'm closer with God. It's like, okay, great, I did these things. But how am I getting closer to God through them? So the practical is never the end goal. The end goal is being closer to God. That one thing that Jesus was talking about, 
being with Jesus in the moment, listening with him. All right. Drive the speed limit. I told you. I told you. I told you it'd be hard. All right. All right. Get in the slow lane. All right, full stop at stop signs. This is bad. This is bad. But I know this is going to hit. I know this is going to hit, but this is bad. Don't text and drive. That is like the definition of hurry, literally. Show up 10 minutes early. This one, this one, this one is bad. Get in the longest line at checkout. Make your smartphone a dumb phone. Sure. So basically with making your smartphone a dumb, a dumb phone, you're going to take off a lot of apps that distract you. So like social media, you just do it on your computer so that way you don't have it in your pocket. And even like putting your email. So all of it is moving all the apps from your smartphone that distracts you and doing it on your computer so it has a set time and a set limit. So that's what it's talking about. Put the phone to bed. Your bed has a, has a bedtime to where you do not touch it after a certain hour because we all love to binge Netflix and YouTube and all these things at the wee hours in the morning. Put your phone away. Your body will thank you. Set time limits on social media. Do one thing at a time. Walk slowly. <laughs> cook your own food. <laughs> Learn how to cook your own food. <laughs> so that is all we have for you guys. Thank you guys for coming. If you have any questions or anything, you can come up and ask us. But that's all we got. You're dismissed. You can go to lunch.